It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is the Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody. What's happening, everybody? Hope everybody is well as we welcome you into the Daily Score. I am Mark Grody. We do this show every single day on this podcast, the Daily Score. That's why it's called the, the Daily Score. And the NFL trade deadline is beginning to bear down on us. Bear down. See? Get it? Um, It is October 31st, so it is truly right around the corner. And, you know, you look at the Bears roster, and I was just kind of going through this thought exercise before I came on the air today. And that is the the question of who on the Bears – actually has value and it's not just for the sake of should they trade somebody or you know you sell off pieces it's not necessarily where my brain goes when i'm talking about that in part it is but it's also just how many guys do the bears have a value on this roster guys that you would consider either your core players or guys with whom you can win a game and I was just kind of going through the list. And you look, the obvious one is Jalen Johnson. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Jalen Johnson and the fact that you know there seems to be some kind of talks going on with with Jalen's representatives and the Bears about a potential contract extension. But Jalen Johnson has value around the league. Justin Fields has value around the league still. Yeah, believe it or not. Um, and then it gets difficult. It gets diff- I mean, realistic guys that have value. DJ Moore has value. Tremaine Edmonds has value. Eddie Jackson? You know, his value has definitely decreased, but he's one of those guys who would probably fit in well in most locker rooms. And health has really become a concern with Eddie Jackson. He misses games every year. And his latest injury, you know, the, the foot injury – I don't know. I, I worried that he's going to be put on injured reserve and be out for a while or even the season. I just have that weird feeling about Eddie Jackson. We'll see. You know, and even if he does play, I feel like he's going to get hurt again. That's just the way it's been with Eddie Jackson, unfortunately. But I guess, like, you know, we're kind of grabbing at straws. He's got some value. Darnell Mooney definitely got a little bit of value with his contract up. Um and then I don't know where else you go with that. Did I, did I mention Te- Tevin Jenkins? I suppose on the offensive line, obviously Darnell Wright's got value, but that's that's not gonna that's not a realistic trade piece. Does Braxton Jones have value? Probably, you know, a guy who started 17 games at left tackle last year. But yeah, there's not a lot of like slam dunk guys in that regard, and so it's just symbolic of the Bears needing to get better, which makes it difficult to talk about the idea of potentially trading Jalen Johnson at the trade deadline because Jalen Johnson made it clear on the Parkinson Spiegel show that a, he has made this clear prior to it, that he wants a contract extension, that he thinks he deserves a contract extension, that he would prefer to be with the bears, but he knows that he has value anywhere around this league. And, you know, his, his thought process right now is that either he is going to get an extension with the Bears or the polar opposite, that he'd be traded. I mean, he is worried 
about being traded. You know, he, he thinks that just because, you know, Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn were traded, that anybody can be traded on the Bears roster. So, you know, Jalen is definitely one of those guys with value. I think it would be absolutely ridiculous and stupid to trade Jalen Johnson. I hope that they are earnest about this potential long-term contract with Jalen Johnson. I don't care that he has three career interceptions, and I'm not saying all this just because he had the two picks last week. I think it's kind of kind of BS that cornerbacks are graded a lot of times only on their ability to create turnovers. I mean, the uh, covering guys in the NFL is probably the hardest thing to do until you can have your your quarter like covering wide receivers for cornerback is a thankless position and. He is, Jalen Johnson is very good in coverage. And I love the picks. Who doesn't love the picks? But to me, that is a false prerequisite for getting paid in the NFL, but it's seen differently by a lot of GMs, obviously. Jaquan Brisker was on the Midday Show, Bernstein and Holmes, and he was talking about how huge it would be to keep Jalen Johnson on this Bears team. That would be very huge, um, getting another defensive player, you know, paid and then um also just for the future, um, just building, you know, the secondary, uh, keeping the secondary together, um, keeping, you know, um the team together be very huge for all of us. Um, especially um the last couple of games the way we've been playing and things like that. Um, you could definitely see that, you know, there's something, you know, special going some special brewing. So, um that's very important. Like I told you guys. Um, last time I talked to you, like, um, the greatest teams, you know, the greatest players, you know, they stay together for, you know, a lot of years. And, um, I also see that with this team, you know, keeping the secondary together and, um, linebackers and certain players also. So, um, that would be great for us. Yeah. Sometimes you hear Jaquan Brisker and you really hear maturity and knowing, you know, the history of teams and teams that have stayed together and, you know, the cohesion that helps. So, yeah, Brisker, I think he's like being genuine when he talks about that. And yeah, if you could, I mean, this is a budding young defensive core, Jalen Johnson and Jaquan Brisker, part of that as well. Let's talk about the defense while we're talking about, you know, the cornerbacks and safeties and the secondary. Let's ask Brisker too, what, why has the, the defense been so successful lately? Trusting each other, um, playing with each other. Even more uh, with guys coming back, you know, from injury or, you know, whatever. Keep building that chemistry, you know, great play calls, balanced play calls, whether we're being aggressive, whether we're staying in zone and we're playing um, more man also and uh, just flying around and things like that. Um, Coach Flus has done a great job with the play calls and um, putting us in uh, a lot of great positions and things like that. So got to give you know, credit to him, um, which is very huge for us. And then, you know, guys just um, getting turnovers and, you know, flying around. Yeah, playing more, man, being more aggressive play calling from Matt Eberflus, and, yes, finally beginning to force some turnovers. You know, I got to tell you, you know, the only rub I got on Brisker is, is that he – does get banged up in games. It seems like at some point in every game, he's in that tent. And sometimes he is, you know, there's been a real injury concussion last year. This time, this year, he takes a big hit. We're all watching from the press box, walks into the injury tent with the red hat doctor. The red hat doctor indicates concussion protocol. Brisker goes into protocol. Luckily, 
Um, we found out that he was cleared, so he should be good to go. But I guess that's just my way of saying I worry about Brisker sometimes, like in terms of his health and his long-term abilities. But, you know, he hasn't had the the devastating injury yet, but he does get banged up. He does play a physical style of football, and I think we all appreciate that. But at the same time, you hope that that guy keeps himself together. I can't not have something on Tyson Bajant in the podcast. Have to have Tyson Bajant going to be starting Sunday night against the Chargers. And so Jaquan Brisker weighs in on the rookie undrafted quarterback, Jaquan Brisker. Oh, I thought it was good for him to um, come in and, um, you know, get us a win just the way um, he, he like carried the game and um, how poised he was. I thought it was, you know, great for um, his first start. Coaches did a great job of preparing him, getting him right. He did a great job of getting himself right, preparing and then um, also just, you know, being poised and, you know, just being a great teammate. Yeah, all that is true. He does have a lot of poise. He's There's a presence about him um, when he is speaking. There is a presence about – there was a presence about him in this game. First game he came in against Minnesota, I thought he lacked some presence, some presence of mind on the strip sack, on the interception, on dealing with pressure. But it seemed like over one week, and this is what's impressive after rewatching the game – is that it feels like he is a guy that can learn fast and adjust fast and, dare I say it, not make the same mistake twice. I know that we've heard that now from two regimes, the Mad Nagy regime and now the Mad Eberflus regime, that when they're coaching these guys, the only prerequisite is don't make the same mistake twice. But then they inevitably make the same mistake twice. Now maybe – Maybe Bajan is different in that regard. So that, that's really good to see. To watch him and see him, does he make those same kind of mistakes? Anxious to see what the game plan is going to be against a team that features a better pass rush. Our old friend Khalil Mack, who had a six-sack game this uh, this year already, and it's going to be dialed up a little bit. And I can't not, – not just seeing how Bajan does, but seeing what Luke Getze does in terms of his play calling because this is big on him as well. Like, you can attach, like, there is a lot of hand-holding going on right now with Brisker, and the the tightest squeeze on that hand is Luke Getze for sure. So we'll talk more about that as the week goes on. The starting quarter, we assume Tyson Banger will speak on Wednesday. Coordinators on Thursday. I'll be in and out of the locker rooms and reporting to you right here on the Daily Score. Thank you so much for watching. As always, for our executive producer, Ray Diaz, I am Mark Grody for the Daily Score.